Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Devon Hour. This is the third episode of the Interviewing the Interviewer series and it has been doing so well. So shout out to Olivier, shout out to Miss T Talks and shout out to this week's guest Rich for coming on to the podcast. You guys have been absolutely amazing and I can't wait for y'all to find out who comes on next week because it is pretty exciting. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's listen to the episode. Everybody, welcome to the Devin Hour. I'm your host, Devin. And this week, we have somebody who I have known, is it two years now? Yeah, right. Time flies. Yes. I've known for over two years, the host of the Garden State Hip Hop Hour, Rich. Welcome to the Devin Hour, interviewing the interviewer (laughs) series. (laughs) What up, Devin? No, I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, it's been a while now. It's crazy. Been at the radio station and it's been going forward ever since. Yeah. Here we both are. Right? You have been on the Devon Hour before, but that's what, that was when I mainly focused on pop culture. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> you weren't really doing interviews then or on video. I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't doing either. That's true. But I'm happy I moved along from pop culture, though, because I got I, tired. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Is it draining? You find it draining? It is draining, but then also due to us being like in quarantine or during like the virus, it's just been nonstop. Every day is like a celebrity saying something dumb. So let's get to know you. I, although I've known you for like two years, <laughs> I really don't know your background very much. So we're going to get to know you. So first off, uh, where are you from? I don't know. I feel like I'm from all over. Uh, uh-huh. So I, you know, I grew up in Kingsburg. High school went to South Amboy, New Jersey. Uh, after That's that, all Central South- Jersey. It depends on how you look at it. Some, Kingsburg is technically the first city of the shore. So, I mean, I guess, like, it depends on how you look at it. But, yeah, I feel like, to me, I consider South Amboy, where I live now, Perth Amboy, Central Jersey. Yeah. But then, obviously, I joined the military right out of high school. So then I went and li- lived in Virginia for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then I lived in Pennsylvania for a year. And then I lived in Texas for, like, almost a year. And then, you know, that was in uh, South Carolina for a few months. So I'm just kind of from a ton of different places. I don't really have any place that I consider like exactly where I'm from. And it just expanded like just me as a person. It mm-hmm. expanded my view of the world. It broke a lot of small town views I had. It put me face to face with people from all different backgrounds and cultures. Even musically now, I feel like it helped me because I had an ear for all these different places. Yeah. Uh, of what was popular there at the time. You know, so yeah, I just feel like it definitely helped because it's just like traveling, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like expanding your view of the world. That's the best. That's really the best, like getting out of New Jersey and just like experiencing other states and like other ways of living. You know, I really want to explore that, but I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm so yeah, terrified. of course, because you're subjected to different cultures. You know, I grew up in yeah. like you know Kingsburg, which is like a primarily white town. Then at one point, I'm living in Newport News, Virginia, which is predominantly like you know a black culture. Right. Then I'm in Texas, where you have a lot of the Mexican and Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just being in the military itself, you have people from all different backgrounds. So I feel like again, it just helped me break a lot of my own things and just open up to a lot more. When did you join the military? Uh, when I was 19. What made you want to go to the military? Um, 
actually when september 11 2001 happened mm -hmm. like i said the year when september when september 11th happened the terrorist attack which also happens to be my birthday september 11th yeah, yeah. um I don't know, for whatever strange reason, I remember walking home from my grandma's house that day after watching all the stuff, and like I was talking to myself because that's what I do. Uh, and, I, and I knew I was gonna join the military that day. So when I was 17, like I wasn't even done with high school, I signed up for the National Guard, I signed up. But like a few months later, I was like, I don't wanna do National Guard, I didn't wanna be reservist. And I managed to get myself out of that contract. And then when I graduated from high school, I actually joined the army itself, so I was active duty. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just knew. I just kind of like had that pride. Like, I don't know, like September 11th happened, the terrorist attacks. And then as I got older, I just kind of wanted to leave my town. And I knew I didn't want to go to college at that time. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to do something with my life. So since I wasn't going to college, I went to the military. How do you feel like you change after coming out of the military? Um, I think it goes back to the other question we're talking about, you know, how it feels to leave your town or live in all these different places. Yeah. It just opened up my perspective to the world. It subjected me again to like different cultures. It forced me to grow up. Because what you just said, you're 21. <laughs> so when I was 21, I didn't like I didn't get to enjoy, you know, going out drinking and celebrating being 21. Like a couple weeks after my 21st birthday, I went to Iraq. Right. And then I was there for 15 months. So like uh, those situations, like I was forced to like grow up in. So even when I meet people who are just turning 21, even to this day, I get excited. Like, oh, what are you gonna do for your 21st birthday? How are you gonna celebrate finally being able to drink? Because that was an opportunity experience I never really got to have. Mm -hmm. By the time I came back, I was like uh, almost 23. So now you do the Garden State Hip Hop and you're all into this media industry in this media world. Was this the Just original? Like uh, <laughs> I mean, I try. I'm kind of scraping <laughs> the surface there. But, but like, was this the original goal? Um, no. Okay. So when I left the military and I started going back to school, the original goal was to work with veterans mm -hmm. and to work for the VA. Uh, I still took the route of communications and media and film because I want to work for like their digital outreach. I want to, I feel like the VA doesn't have great digital outreach programs. Right. I feel like they're dated. Like it's not kept up with where the world is today. So yeah, the original goal was like to go in here and learn these things or refine some of the skills and improve those abilities and get this degree, which I feel is useless. But when you apply for certain places, they require you to have one. Um, <laughs> they require so yeah, that, you to have one. Yeah. They require you to have one. So yeah, that was the original goal was to you know go back to school and find my way into the VA and be able to help out other veterans. And then just along the road, like of course I always love music and I always want to do something with it. But I feel like in life the creative goal and chasing those goals is kind of more scary and more risking mm -hmm. and more daring than chasing those like, you know, things like working for a VA, which is more, you know, this is this promotion, that's that, you know, it's a very direct route. Right. You go to Kane. Why Kane? <laughs> <laughs> Why did Why you go Kane? to Kane? Um, <laughs> So I started off in Middlesex County College. So I got my associates in there. I applied to both Rutgers and I applied to Kane. Um, I got into both. I don't know. I just Rutgers, New Kane. Brunswick. Yeah. Uh, I just chose Kane because the convenience of it. Honestly, it was in my route of my life. I was, you know, working at nightclubs in Elizabeth at the time, so it's right there. Mm -hmm. I found myself in the Elizabeth area more often, and getting to Kane was a lot easier in my head versus going to New Brunswick. Like I don't mind just hopping on you know, uh, the parkway to get yes. right to Kane yeah. instead of having to go all these different routes and trying to get to New Brunswick and dealing with that traffic and the courthouse is there. So Rutgers, New Brunswick <laughs> is just wild. Like the parking just, is uh, there parking. <laughs> yeah. Pay for it. So honestly, I just, at the end of the day, the decision for Kane came out to be just the convenience of its location. Yes. And then I grew to love the community there.
Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. at least in the, in the communications department. Obviously, I can't speak for the rest of the school itself, but after my first semester there, I realized just the community that we had on that fourth floor yeah. and in that building uh, between the students and the professors. So yes. I really just enjoyed it, and that's why I decided to stay there. Because honestly, I was going to leave after my first semester and just switch out to Rutgers just because right. the names of the schools, really. But... I mean, the does it really matter it. now? Does it? Nah, <laughs> honestly, none of it matters. But I'm the type of person, I just do stuff because I want to experience it. I want yeah, to experience yeah. college. So I experienced came for a semester, so I want to go experience Rutgers for a semester. So, but then the community, like I said, kept me. That's great. I mean, I take full credit for the community part of the fourth floor of that building. <laughs> oh, that's, all, that's all you? That's all me. It was mine. <laughs> but yeah, no, especially the radio station, obviously. Oh, let's talk about the radio station. <laughs> so, how, why? what made you want to walk into the radio station, knock down my door, and then talk to me? What was that Dave, about? Dave. Huh? Dave? <laughs> Dave. <laughs> uh, my boy, shout out to Dave, my man Dave. Um, no, nah, because, okay, so originally, I signed to do Kane TV. Yeah. So, shop, shop Professor Gilly. Yep. And then, like, that first day there, they had everybody standing in front of the... Uh, the auditorium explained the kind of shows they had. And then at the end, you obviously signed up for whatever you thought you want to work with and the position you want to work with. So um, one, one caught me. It was a show about sneakers. I forget the idea exactly. And I forget. I feel bad. I forget. Was it Danny's show? No, not Danny. I know Danny does all his sneaker and his fashion stuff now. But no, yeah. it wasn't at the time. Uh, it was Tim. I'm forgetting his name. I can't remember. Apologize to whoever it was. I feel like I should know. But, <laughs> but Dave, Dave, was, Dave was, the, was a part of it. You know what I'm saying? So it was the other kid and Dave. So then I started talking to him, and I just really connected with Dave. And me and Dave kind of had, like, different ideas for the show that the kid was offering. And then Dave mentioned the radio station about how we could start a radio show as well. Mm -hmm. So I just really fucked with Dave, and I just rode with him. And then he's like, all right, let's go to the radio station. And that day we're like, okay, let's go to the radio station. And that's how we end up talking to you. And I think our, our idea we presented to you, of course, was pop culture. But, um, <laughs> and then it didn't even go that route. I shut but, it down immediately. You shut down? You love that idea. I forget the name <laughs> time. We were, talk, we were talking about, we brought up like different subjects. I think about the Super Bowl. Something was going on at the Super Bowl at that time. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was about, the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. And they didn't have Atlanta artists or something like that. So we're like, we want to talk about how like institutions don't take artists from that town. They, they put other things. So, yeah, so that's how we ended up in the radio station. So me and Dave did a show that semester, the Rich and Dave show. I had fun with Dave. We started doing some of the things that I would later take and put into the Garden State Hip Hop Hour. Yeah. But cre creatively, me and Dave wanted to do different things at that time. So we just went our separate routes, and the Garden State Hip Hop Hour was born. What was your first impression of me? Um, I don't know, because, I, okay, so I didn't really have a first impression because it was like we were there, and you were in charge of the station. So I guess the first impression was like, damn, did he like our ideas? He got like, let's do the show on here. Mm -hmm. So I, I looked at you from that perspective. But no, nah, you were super cool. You were super open. You loved the idea. You were warm. You were a very warm person. Uh, you made us feel very welcome. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And then I think you took the pictures for us in front of the um, little signed wall. Yes. I still have all of them. I was looking at them today. Yeah. So no, I just thought you were a very warm person. I felt like you were open and you felt like, you know, you took the radio station important because you were like, uh, subjecting the people who want to do a show to like a little almost like an interview like explaining what they want to do talking about themselves so it wasn't like just walk up and do whatever you want <laughs> and now here we are again 
I can't wait. No, nah, nah, you're, you're a friend. I consider you really at this point like a really good friend of mine. You're saying we don't always talk, but we don't need to because it's like a lot of people in this industry, you know, we're all just doing our creative things and we check in and we help out each other when we can yeah. and try to support when we can. We all, we always come back to each other. <laughs> like, literally. Exactly. No, oh, that is so sweet. I'm going to cry and I can't wait <laughs> to put the Garden State Hip Hop on my resume. <laughs> your wallet as as the co-founder and producer <laughs> the co-founder and producer nah but yo it was a great experience man because yeah just the radio station is a great experience again it's just the community i felt like yeah. it's tight-knit but then towards the end obviously as we're all kind of like leaving and trickling out it kind of has a different vibe and you kind of feel like oh yeah we all are kind of moving on to bigger and uh, grander things and the next wave of uh, people are coming in you know yeah, I definitely think the next wave for WKJ is going to be great, especially now that Tasha is going to be at the head of it. So of course, and I'm glad we all moved on because you know, I, I'll say this: I don't care. There, there's people that keep going back there that graduated 10, 15 years ago and try to use the station. Yeah. Like someone asked me, like, "Are you going to keep doing it there?" I'm like, "I could, but no, because you got like let these next wave, let the next people like have their dreams, the realities. Like, to yeah. me, I feel like it's supposed to be a stepping stone onto your next step." Yeah, I just I don't really feel right going to Kane and just still using this using the equipment that's dedicated to the students like I'm not a student anymore so I don't really that, but you gotta you gotta give them their chance you know you gotta let these next yeah. the, the next generation of you know people that want to be on radio or do media or whatever the case may be have that space and use that when they can you know now let's get into Garden State Hip Hop hour the, oh, hour period <laughs> no I always right. say that I always say that because there is actually a Garden State Hip Hop like out there so even when I, when I, okay, so, so this, I guess, is all part of I remember because you had the guy on the show, on your show. Yeah, because that's what I do. Like, I respect other people, what they're doing. Because when I found out that they existed, because I just came up with the Garden State Pop Hour on the fly. Because, like, oh, it's Jersey. It, it goes well together. I didn't do a research if it existed. Like, I didn't know it was going to go to where it went at that time, you know? And then when I found the Garden State Hip Hop, like, you know, I paid the acknowledgement. I reached out to him, like, hey. And I even looked up if he had the LLC because I was like, I wonder how serious this person is. And they had the LLC and all that. So I reached out. I was like, hey, I didn't really know you existed. But, you know, I kind of had this name, the Garden State Hip Hop Hour. Like, I'm not trying to ride your wave. Like, I, I just reached out and told him what was going on. And the guy's name was Ronnie. He was super cool about it. Yeah, was he like, was hey, really nice. Yeah, I was like, why don't you just come up to the show and talk about the Garden State Hip Hop? Because, you know, that's me paying back to him, you know? Yes. Shout, shout out to the, the Garden so State the Garden Hip Hop. State- Hip hop hours, me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that literally, you coming up with that title is how I came up with the Devon Hour, just on a whim. The Devon Hour. Yeah. I don't like the name is important, but at the same point, it's not some. Some people get stuck on a name and then like don't get to build later on because they're so stuck on a name. Exactly. So obviously, you said that you love hip hop music. So what I remember when you first started it, I don't remember you having like artists come on immediately did you have artists come on immediately yeah wait did i i'm trying to remember i, I can't remember my first I, I, like i'm dying to remember who i had first on the show i remember the first interview i can remember is actually a spanish artist his name is favo <gasps> yes i remember i remember that first day now that i'm thinking about it <laughs> so, was that my, like was that my first interview on there i can't remember that was the first one but that's the first one i remember but the idea was to always have artists on there Mm-hmm. At first, it was a, it was a, it wasn't a. At the first, it was kind of a struggle. Now it's you know you can kind of have whoever you want on it because I didn't have the credibility at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I always find that story funny because it's the Garden State Hip Hop Hour. It's all about hip hop, and my first artist was like a Spanish artist who all his music is in Spanish, 
And I remember, like, I played one song, and I'm like, oh, I really like this song. And he's like, oh, it's because this one got some English words in it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Um, <laughs> I, re- I think I remember, because I, I remember him having a whole crew with him. Yeah, he had a few people with him, yeah. And I was like, what is going on in this station? And I remember Yo, it, got, it got crazier. It got crazy. I'd have, like, 10, 15 people coming in, like. <laughs> that first, that first semester of <laughs> the Garden State Hip Hop album, I think was the craziest time in WKNJ's history. Because it used to be dudes in there with crews. And we used to be like... I was still learning, though. I was still learning how to, like, you know, tell people, like, hey, try not to bring all these people because, you know, we're trying to focus the interview on you. Some of the interviews I go back and look at, I record it. Like, there's just a lot going on. But at first, it's just like, you know, you're learning how to deal with it. You're learning how to talk to them. You're trying to explain to them. Right. But at first, yeah, it was just like the wild, wild west. I was like, yo, just come through. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, they bring everybody through. They bring their crews through. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a wild time. But we grew from there. <laughs> so the Garden State Hip Hop Hour grew. I, I, to me, it kind of grew very fast overnight type stuff. Like, one day you were here. The next day, it was like 13K. And I said, what the hell is going on? So how was but, that growth for you, like, in, in real time for you? Um, I think it was just crazy because I was like, oh, wow. Like, it motivated me to keep doing it, really, because I'm like, oh, wow, people were really like, kind of fucking with it. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea originally behind it was just for me, like, to learn how to build and market brands. Um, yeah, so to me, it was just like, whoa, people are really fucking with it. And, like, I go places and they recognize me. I'm like, oh, what's up? Yeah, man, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It, be- it becomes overwhelming at times. I'm sure you know that, <laughs> like, having to go through all the DMs and trying to talk to people because you know it's just hard to explain like it's just very overwhelming but like the success of it was like just really amazing to me that people would really like want to fuck with it and at first it was kind of hard to get artists to come onto the show not hard but like it was very whimsical they'd be like yeah they might show up they might not show up yeah but then it, it got to the point that you know when i set it up people would like yeah i'm coming and they came you know so just i looked at it in the growth of that is like you know people's responses to me and the ability to get artists on the show but I like I pay a lot of success to the show. The fact that I never treated it like a radio show. I always had the cameras in there. I, I treated it more you like treated like a, a production. Yeah, a production, a TV show. I set it all up with multiple cameras. Eventually, to the point that we got multiple videographers in there. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out to Gene and Asia. Mm-hmm. So you know, like I just think I accrued a set to that was that I didn't treat it like what everybody else was doing. Everybody else was kind of like doing audio, and I'm building a whole actual show out of the interview. Right, and also your playlist. I remember oh, I that. Remember, yeah, I don't remember the, yeah, the playlist. <laughs> that's how it really was like popping off because you used to put all these artists on the playlist. And low key, that's how I kind of got a little bit of a following copying off of YouTube for the Devon Hour because all the artists. It, it's a tree. I told you that. Like, it's a tree. You put 20 artists on there, you have potentially 20 different people that are going to share it now. Yeah. Until, and then their people share it. So that's, yeah, that's all part of the method to the madness. And music I artists. So many things I forgot about that. And music artists, they love talking about their music and they love talking about themselves. <laughs> so that was kind of like guaranteed interviews right there. 100%. But yeah, the, the Devin Hour, 10K or followers, so 10K followers or less, right? Yes, we'll be making this resurgence in August. <laughs> it's hard, man. I don't know about it you, but hard. it's hard to, to try to keep up with all these different things because you add all these different elements to help yourself grow. But then you have so many elements, it's hard to really maintain all of them and help them all. Cause like you got to yeah. focus on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the different podcast channels you're on. Um, if you have a playlist, mm-hmm. uh, the graphics, the promotional materials, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it becomes a lot. It does become a lot, but that's why it's important for you to have a team, you to have a team. Cause you had a lot of shit going on at one time. So you having that great team <laughs> that you have with you now, I, I commend it. 
Shout out to yep. Gene. Gene is my favorite. All, all people from Kane. I built it all around people like Kane. I built it, you know, all the communications department outside of Asia, but she did graduate from that department and she wasn't yep. part of the OCIS and the sports yep. department. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I made sure that was important to me. It's hip hop and it's, you know, black culture. Like, so, you know, I had, you know, Gene, Asia, you know, I included everybody. Uh, I had Kim on there. It was Costa Rican. Yeah. I had, Fra- I had Franklin on there, you know, so mm-hmm. I made sure it was, inclu- it was an inclusion of everybody. Yeah, it's all Franklin. <laughs> so I found that all, you know, important when I was going about building the team that they, you know, that they were at Kane and it was inclusion of the multicultures that I felt the show represented. You are doing it right. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Um, so what was like your favorite interview that you've done? You've done a lot. Um, so <laughs> just, yeah, man, that was a great interview. Kano was a dope one because Kano, I thought the Kano interview was, really put me to the test. So Kano was one of a legendary, a grime artist in the UK. Oh, yes. He was on Top Boy. He was a Sully. Yes. So, I you know, shout, shout out to Marco for that. You know, Marco. Yeah. Uh, and the syndicate. So he calls me up probably like 5 or 6 p.m. the night before. I'm in class. But I, I left the room to answer the phone because I'm like, why is Marco calling me at this time? I'm like, he's got to like want to tell me something or something important. Or something that actually matters to me because the media career is the media focus is what like class is just a class. Mm-hmm. So I left the uh, classroom leaving. He's like, "Yo, do you want to interview Kano?" I'm like, "Yeah, what's up with it?" He was like, "All right, cool." So tomorrow morning we gotta go to the city. <laughs> so so to interview him, originally it was supposed to be at Atlantic Records. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Damn!" So I'm in class. So I'm not a cl- out of class till eight. So by the time I get home, it's like nine or ten o'clock. So I'm doing all my research. I'm catching up on everything he is because the thing about doing this stuff. And I'm sure you know, like now that you're interviewing more people, mm-hmm. it's impossible to know everything that everybody's got going on. Yes. It's impossible to always remember their history. So you got to do a refresher. You're trying to listen to the music. So you're just trying to do all the research, find interesting things to talk to them about the night before. Um, watch their other interviews so you're not asking the same exact questions because I, I hate that. I hate watching 10 interviews and 10 exact the same questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm sitting here getting excited and Marco's telling me, yeah, the same day you're interviewing him, Hot 97 is interviewing him. Genius is interviewing him. So now I'm feeling real pressure. I'm like, damn, like. <laughs> yeah, he, he, like it's a whole press day. He's got a whole press day. And here I am just the Garden State Hip Hop Hour. Like, in, in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about Hot 97, you're talking about Ebro, you're talking about Genius. It, it, it's not in my head, and it is there. But, you know, I'm always realistic about where things stand. So I get there, and then Marco calls me like, no, we're actually going to interview him at his hotel. So now I'm like, yeah. So I remember, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I called up uh, Dave, actually. I called Dave. I'm like, Dave, you got to call me because we need to record this. I don't know what the setup's going to be like. So we get there. We're trying to figure out how to set it up. We're in a hotel lobby, so there's people around. There's music in the air. He walks out. We sit down, and we start the interview. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. And I felt like he caught, like, I was still trying to catch my bearings in the beginning because he was like, oh, you good? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I get it from there. We just started rolling. But yeah, that, that one was really, that one was really like stood out to me because to me, that was like the first time I felt I interviewed someone on like that, on such a large scale. And I was getting to interview someone that was on a press run with Hot 97, on a press run with all these other things. And I'm being stuck in the middle with these. So it's like, it was like, wow, I'm at the point that I'm being included. Yeah. So yeah, to me, that was very memorable, but just because of the fact and I knew I was going to get exposure, not only here, but I knew I was going to get exposure in UK. So now I'm like, oh, wow, it's international exposure. And then once I finally posted it and I started checking out all the comments and everyone, all the comments are very similar. Like everyone could go look, oh, this interview compared to the the Hot 97 one is so much better. You really did your research. You let him talk. You didn't downplay him because kind of like 
when people interview UK artists, maybe now it's kind of ch- uh, changing because UK is very involved with New York music now. Yes. But it's kind of like they downplay them. Like, oh, you're not from the hood. You're not gangster. You eat tea. I mean, you drink tea. You, you're saying you're from the UK. You have an accent. They don't necessarily mm. respect that their culture. But I guess that's what people appreciate about it. when I did my interview with him. You know, I kind of talked about the history. I respected everything he had to say. I didn't try to downplay him. I didn't try to downplay, you know, UK hip hop. So. You respected him. Yeah, so <laughs> you, I, you, <laughs> you did what you needed to do. <laughs> so I feel like I, I answered your question very long, but I guess. Yeah, the Chad B one was really fun and really amazing to me. Ron Suna was just hilarious. But to me, like the Kano one, I felt was really like the stepping stone for me. It felt like I yeah. elevated to the next step. I remember that because I remember, because um, that's when I was interning at the syndicate. And I remember Marco, he was just like, he was like, do you think Rich could, could interview Kano? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now shout out to you, man. Yeah, shout out to Marco. He's, he's, he's the plug for a lot of stuff. I, you know, I, the syndicate's really like good to me like the people i talked to from over there yeah they were sweet when i was there they were so very sweet but yeah that was amazing i feel like i've inter- interviewed so many like just amazing people and just really it really comes down to the chemistry whether or not it's gonna be a good interview to me i love the fact that you give newer artists a platform because i feel like once you get to a certain point <laughs> people just stop answering dms <laughs> at that point but you do a really good job at of including new artists and giving them a platform how important is that for you no I, I, it's the reason i start i mean it's one of the reasons i started doing this you know i mean obviously you learn the marketing and stuff but i saw it as an opportunity to give artists like a platform and the artists around us because if you listen to their music like you know you listen to music for instance the one the one artist i could think of on top of my head that you interviewed that i think i'm going to interview in the future tynell right yeah um you know, their music is just as good as the music on the radio. They just need someone to give them a shot and give them a chance to get heard. So, If not better. <laughs> if, not, if not better, realistically. So yeah. why are we not going to be the first ones to give, give them their shots? I'm not the person. I don't believe in Ryan and Wade. I don't believe in Ryan's friends. Like, oh, you interviewed with 10 other people. Now I want to interview you. Mm-hmm. Why not be the first person? You know? And those and, type and I, of interviews are like the gift that keeps giving because as those artists become more popular, people are going to search them up and then they're going to refer back to your platform so like with tynell you know he has his album coming out soon i've been seeing like views of of his interview going up as he keeps promoting his album same thing with tyler bryant like it was wild i was like yeah these episodes are the best because they just keep people keep going back to them exactly wait it's it's tight it's not tynell it's tynell 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 okay you said it right. um okay i'll just make it short because i thought you said it differently <laughs> I, I, I hate getting names wrong, but like, especially like an artist like that, I, like I started talking to throughout quarantine. So we never actually hear their voices or talk to them and hear how their name was pronounced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I feel like I have no problem being the first because everyone always wants to wait for someone else to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, it goes back to the conversation we have. I don't wait for opportunities. I make opportunities. And that doesn't just refer to myself. It can refer mm-hmm. to helping these artists coming out. I feel it's yeah. very important just because you might be that person. Like they might be on a Devon hour. And now three other four other people see it and they want to interview you now. But if you weren't willing to open that door, he wouldn't have got those opportunities. And I appreciate and respect art, whatever kind of art it is. And I understand as a musician, you are putting out your story. You're putting out your soul. You're bearing yourself to the world. And like most of the world is not brave enough to do that. How many people do we know that won't tell what's going on in their life to even a friend? Mm-hmm. But these artists are willing to put it out there on the internet to where anybody can hear it. So just, I respect that. Whether or not I find the music good, I respect their willingness to put themselves out there to the world. And if I can help in any way, I will. So yeah. That's and, that's and that's genuine. And that's genuine. 
And I think that's what also makes the interview just as good too. <laughs> yeah, man. And I try to, and again, if you do give these people the first opportunity, treat them like a superstar. Like I find that very important. Treat them the same. You would have you interviewed a little baby. Like when you came to my show, right. I, I always, I try to have a bottle of water there with your name on it. Like, cause to me, like, I don't know, again, make them, they're an artist, make them feel the same way you would. Cause if like a little baby came in or Mariah Carey walked in, you laid down the red carpet. Right. So you need to treat everybody with the them, same yeah. with the same respect. One hundred percent. I I agree with that. Especially so what I like the most is when I genuinely do appreciate their music. Like I like their music. Like, so that like, changes it too. That changes it too. Like with Tynell, once again, I was a fan of his music. I put him on the playlist and everything. Then he came on the show. And I think that's what helped the interview uh like become a little bit. I know. How how'd you get the invite to the album listening session and I didn't? I played his songs on my show. I, I featured him on my, my Twitch show. And all of a sudden, I saw you. I saw uh, Tasha. I saw you guys like a little Zoom call. I'm like, right, oh, I'm, I'm literally on the album. You're going to hear my voice on the album. Oh, you're on the album? <laughs> no, I'm just playing around with him. But wait, are you singing? Are you just doing like an introduction? Like, is it the Devin Hour type thing? So he, so, oh, I'm pretty sure this is, this is going to come out when the album comes out. But like on the album, I'm literally talking about friends. Like he called me for a, a, a transitional part of a song into like the next song. And so we had a conversation about friends and stuff. So I, I heard my voice and I was like, oh my God, that's me. That's awesome. Yeah. Tasha's on the album too. Back. Oh, Tasha's on it too? Yeah, Tasha's on <laughs> Yeah, nah, shout out to Tasha. Tasha's moving too. Um, you know how we were talking about like us being in the media field or whatever, like <laughs> that communication part, like that communication part right there comes in because I feel like I'm ultra sensitive and aware of like tone and you know what people are saying, <laughs> like without them actually being in my face. But I could I could literally pick up on how you are just based off the words <laughs> on a DM or a text. That's so crazy. <laughs> Com majors, we're literally like psychos. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, really. And, and it, it, you gotta remember that too. And I try to take that into consideration when I am communicating with artists or other people who don't have the experience or knowledge to communicate and yeah. that's not nothing on them it's just you know obviously we had to go learn ourselves you know and right. we're all knowledgeable in different areas it's just what happened we happened to specialize in and also as people who have been doing this for a while we take that time to educate them also be like because that's what i do sometimes i just be like okay but this is how but next time da 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 da, da. <laughs> yo time flies we haven't done this for a while now crazy i know i'm just <laughs> now i'm feeling like an old head See, I feel younger. Listen, you know, I told you this. Gay men age by two. <laughs> you did tell me this. I didn't know that. No, I, oh, you, told me, you told me white people who aren't racist age well. That's what I feel like you told me. I don't feel like you told yes. me that line. Well, actually, <laughs> yes, I do. I do agree with that because your skin is looking lovely. <laughs> it's, this, it's this ring light. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. so gay men age by two. I didn't know that. I'll keep yeah, that in mind when I see you. I'm 42. I'm 42 right now. <laughs> Nah, you look better than ever. <laughs> That's because right. I'm black. Black don't crack. That's all. <laughs> Let's get into the tips to the viewers. Because there is a lot of people who do listen to the Devon Hour or listen to, like, to the series that I do to like get tips from other people in the, in the industry. So how do you... You talked about how I approach people. How do you approach people to come on your show? Um, very similar to you. Mm -hmm. So I approach them. Like if it's someone that I haven't already been connecting with or we've been following each other, like 
this is my approach to somebody that is like completely out the blue. They don't know who I am, you know? Yeah, I, you get that DM to. and it just says somebody sent a message, doesn't tell you what they said. <laughs> no, exactly. So um, I usually look for an email first. I'll email and DM the person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I approach them because I it's a DM. They have a whole bunch of DMs. I know how that is. Sometimes you might not see it. It goes to the other folder. Your DMs might be flooded. You mm-hmm. know, and I feel like an email is taking it to that next level of, like professionalism. And if you're not going to see one, you're going to see the other. And I make sure I include them both. Like, hey, I emailed you or hey, I also DM'd you. Um, so yeah, I approach them like, hey, I'm rich. This is what I have going on. I give them direct links to like interviews I've done so they can see the production value or they can see what they're getting themselves into. You know, I'll tell something about that. I like about them, the reason I want them on my show. Um, so like pretty much like that, like I break it down, like how I would want to be approached, like why? Even when I was coming up and I didn't have the big audience or I was still getting known, but I knew I had the production value. And so I was around reaching out to like a, a person with like a larger following. Mm-hmm. I was just very direct with them. I'm like, hey, my name is Rich. This is what I do. Um, I know my views aren't that high or I know my following's not that big yet. But what I do offer is a high production value. And I would send them the examples of the videos that we put together that showed the high production value. Mm-hmm. So like to me, that was the approach. So yes, I'm not the person that's going to get you a ton of views right now because I'm still growing. But here is what I do offer. And I feel like that's very important. So my approach is, again, it's what, my approach is always what, I'm, what I can do for you, not what you could do for me. Hey, I want you because I saw you have like a million followers, so I want you on my show. It's what I could do for you. My approach is always a very what I could do for you or what I can yeah. Let's don't ever put in like an email like let's just collab or like whatever. Like why do you yeah. want to collab? Like exactly. what what is so important about me that you want to come into my platform and vice versa? So, and you gotta know your strengths and weaknesses. Like at that time, I knew my weakness was that maybe I didn't have the views and followers that they were looking for, but the strength was the production I was able to put together. Also, the confidence too. And the confidence. like yeah, this is my <laughs> podcast. Period. But you got- you got to learn too, because like whether, when you start dealing with larger artists or larger you know, entertainers, as I'm sure you know, sometimes you'll get a person with 50K who will be like, nah, I'm good. But then you'll have a person with a million people reach out to you. you yeah. Know? So yeah. And I, I never take offense. I just keep it moving. Like, okay, cool. You feel this isn't good for you. That's okay. That's fine. Because, you know, you just got to keep it moving. Right. So all those people who deny my DMs, wait until you see who's coming on the podcast next week. <laughs> and I will still have them on my show. Even if they deny me, deny me at first. Because I understand how that is, though, you know? Right. They, they, they thought it wasn't what was best for them, and I can't say they're wrong for that. They're going to be so shook when they see my <laughs> shit. That's oh, all yeah, I got to say. Tune, tune in next week, and that's all I got to say on but, that one. But your show has also evolved, though, from where it was maybe at a point when you were reaching out to people to where it is now. Yeah, it has. It has. You're right. Just like yours, though. Your show has just went i think beyond what anybody from w and k and j even like imagine like we knew that it was well i already knew it was going to be a hit because i was like oh my gosh a white man doing hip-hop that's a hit that's every day though rory uh rosenberg exactly look a hit that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh okay <laughs> and honestly if we're talking about that i understand that but i i feel like that's a strength too because i'll get people that watch me that might not watch a strictly black or Spanish person. So I'm able to bring other audience and other viewers to that person. Yeah. I understand. I understand how the game is, you know, but I also think kind of gives you an edge also is the fact that you are so knowledgeable on like different cultures and how to interact with different people. Like your experiences prior. Sign I think up really for the army. Here's the ar- army needs to pay me right now. Sign up for the army. It gave me all that experience. It helped me broaden my horizon and gave me the ability to do this. How Devin just said with these different cultural knowledges. <laughs> period especially in 2020 the army's looking very lovely isn't it? oh man not really <laughs> but but yeah so back to your original question yeah the approach is always very important to say again approach people with 
why they should be on your show. Not in why, like, oh, you should be on it because I want you on it, but why? Because what you're offering, not yeah. what they offer you. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, do your research. Like, did you listen to their music or did you, you know, did you read whatever their articles are? Like, just- include, include direct links too. Don't be like, hey, you can find me here. Oh, look mm-hmm. at my link tree. You make it as easy as possible for people because you're asking something of them. Don't ask them to go out their way to search your Instagram name. Don't go out your way to look up your YouTube. Mm-hmm. Give them the direct links. If you want them to see a specific video that you're trying to show off your quality, give them that direct link to that video and make it clickable, you know? So exactly. again, make everything as easy as possible for the person you're approaching. Exactly. So now let's talk about social media. Yes. You, I feel like you have done so well with maintaining your social media. What is the... <laughs> how do you, how do you maintain your social media because like that's wild i don't know how you managed to do all that i don't i wing it uh it's a lot it's overwhelming man it's a lot of hours spent on there it's a lot of hours of research a lot of hours of just scrolling through mm-hmm. uh just trying to keep fresh with the trend trying to see what's going on and how to apply it to your social media page if you're paying attention to my page now, I really just stopped caring about Instagram. I got tons mm-hmm. of flyers up there as where before I didn't. I was archiving a lot of stuff because I'm, I'm just not a fan of Instagram. I understand it for the networking aspect of it and trying to help push people to other platforms. But maintaining it is, you know how it is. It's a lot because you got to create your own, you got to create your flyer. You got to create your graphic. You got to get it up there. Mm-hmm. You got to try to tag people. You got to try to respond to people. You got to, yeah, it's just... It's very draining. It can very get overwhelming. very overwhelming. And I take a lot of breaks. And, but I always try to get back to people eventually. And be like, hey, man, like, I just had to take a break. Like, there's certain days I won't respond to nobody. I'll still be on Instagram, but like, I take a day break to respond to people for my own mental health. Yes. Um, there is no real answer to how to maintain it because it's really whatever your mental ability it is. Because when you start doing it at this level or any level, really, that you're starting to do a media, some kind of media on there, it's really what your ma- mental capability of it is because your DMs are over flooding, whether it's hate DMs, whether it's respect DMs, whether it's just appreciation, whether it's constantly like, you know how it is. You'll have like 100, 200 DMs of people asking you for stuff and that gets very draining. It does. So and I think, then, And then also if you're like maintaining your social media account, like if your social media account is about your, your product or your service or whatever your platform is and then also you're following people that you know, so it's, kind of, it's like a little bit like blending the two worlds and it does become very overwhelming at times. Hence why you made that second account. I keep good, oh, yeah, I had to. You. 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 you have to tell people like, you know, in real life friends and stuff, like it's a lot going on. It's the like algorithm. And a lot of it's algorithm based. It's based on what you're liking and what you're commenting on. In my Garden State Hip Hop Hour, my main Instagram Z page, I'm trying to keep my algorithm to where I'm still able to find upcoming artists or keep it to where mm. I'm knowledgeable about what's going on in the hip hop world and entertainment world. So when I start liking pictures of my friend's kids or your dog or all these stuff, it kind of starts putting other things in my algorithm that aren't effective to what I need to see. So hence, like you said, I create the second account to where my friends or family need me to like something or look at something I could do it. But this is why I say about the mental draining part, because people don't always look at like, oh, it's just social media, right? It's just a DM. But think about it. Like I just said, I could have 200 people in my DM asking me for something. Not even asking me what offering me something in the sense of how it could help me, but just asking me for stuff. Like imagine I was just sitting right here with 200 people around me all like, hey, can you listen to my song? Can you listen to my song? I need this from you. I need that from you. Like in the real world, that would, be, so it would cause somebody to kill themselves. Yeah. And, and social media to me is no different. Like all 200 people expecting response, 
all just because they want something. It, like I said, it becomes very mentally draining. So maintaining social media is really just about maintaining your own mental health. Mm-hmm. Take days off. <laughs> Take even without the 100 DMs, like even with the five DMs that I occasionally get, like it gets annoying. <laughs> like, it gets annoying. Yeah, man. Like it's not, but it's also you also got to maintain your post schedule. You got to maintain response to all the like the comments. You got yeah. You still got your Facebook. You still got your Twitter. You still got your YouTube. You still got your Twitch. You still got your Spotify. You know, like so it's like, yeah. You just gotta. It's a lot. I, that's a very that's a very hard question because I feel it's very personal for each person. How to maintain your social media because it comes down to what you're capable of doing, how much time you have, how well you're able to diversify your time because you're handling so many different platforms, and each platform is it requires different stuff of it, and you attack it different ways. So, and especially since you are on, <laughs> especially since you're on your phone, and your phone is more than just social media. We're talking about like text messages. We're talking about you know just everything else that's on your phone. Like the these phones occasionally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man like i said it's a lot it's a it lot. is it is now let's get into like what are some what's some advice that you would give to beginners advice in which in which area like advice to beginners who are like starting out with their own podcast or radio oh, show God. or whatever um just like, what are some it. essentials that they need first you just need to have the first the first essential is just to do it because yeah. I can't tell you how many people approach me. I'm sure you like, oh, I had this idea. I want to start this podcast or a radio. And they'll just talk to you about it for months and months and months and months. And for everybody, it's different. So I don't want to, this could be bad advice for some people. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's just like, just do it. Like, figure it out as you go. Because none of the other advice that we're going to talk about can matter until you actually start it. Yeah. Because then you got to apply it. Um, other advice, you said like, figure, oh, it's got to be something you're passionate about. You can't just talk, you know, saying find yourself a good co-host if you a co-host if you feel you can't do all the talking yourself or you feel you can't just do all the interviewing yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause you need sometimes some people need someone to bounce off of, and it could be good to have those two different types of personalities. For me, I have a co-host once in a while, or I try different co-hosts like you. You were a co-host. But I did that more or less because I just wanted to bring different personalities onto my show and get different types of questions. I never felt like I needed someone there. So that's why you see most of my interviews I'm doing by myself. Yeah. Um, so you gotta know your strengths and strengths strengths and weaknesses going into it. Uh, you got to have your equipment because you want it to sound right. You should know how to work with the Adobe Auditions or the me, basics. <laughs> Audacity. <laughs> Audacity. If you're doing radio at a college like we learned, please take a class first. <laughs> Don't walk in there and then try to start your show and you have no clue how to use the equipment. Yep. And then, then you're looking at us crazy like we're supposed to help you. But if you're anything like me as a leader, I was good for like, no, you figure it out yourself. Go over there. Go play with the equipment. <laughs> but also that's not always great advice because if someone it's not up that equi- that, if someone messed up that equipment we're all fucked oh no because it happened remember like certain buttons <laughs> would be pressed certain mics would be off like it wasn't the yeah. best approach but it was the best approach for me because i like seeing people squirm a little bit and learn so that's, that's <laughs> i just think you're like essentially just you just gotta have fun with this man it's all about having fun because that's stressful it, it's so it could be so stressful at times if you're not actually having fun with it you're yeah. just gonna stop man like you gotta be great at networking obviously because a lot of stuff, you know, saying is all about networking, knowing the yeah. right people, tr- trying to get them to tune in, trying to build an audience so you can like learn from each person. Like you got to be open, watch other podcasts, watch other shows, watch other forms of media, and see if it's possible for you to include in what you're doing and find a unique blend of it. You know, because mm-hmm. like I sit there, I look at cooking pages. I look when I tell you I scroll through Instagram, like I look through all types of stuff, like and anything and everything because i feel like there's different aspects i could learn that i, I could bring into my show and try to make it different you know mm-hmm. so i mean yeah. the list could go on it, it's hard to give 
I'm not the best at giving advice. It's just because. But you've been giving some. You've been dropping some gems this whole entire time, Rich. <laughs> yeah, it's more. But I mean, I feel like when someone directly asks you that question, it's hard because you're just trying to like dig things out your brain. You know, you know where all that's coming from? Wisdom. <laughs> you got wisdom too, though, man. I, I learn from you. I learn from everybody. I watch what everybody's doing. You know, like I hit people up, like, "Oh, I saw you were doing this." Look, I told you, and I sent you a picture. It's like one in the morning. I'm sitting here watching one of your reviews. Yeah, because because maybe watching you do that review, I'm, I pick up and learn things. So again, a lot of yeah. it is just you can't just be all about your own your own show and your own page and your own you know saying your own form of media. You, you hit the nail open. in the head. You hit the nail in the head when it comes to uh, networking. And because if you just leave a comment under somebody's stuff, like that's people love that. Like seeing like oh, yeah, seeing like a, a fire emoji that makes your day. Like somebody's listening. <laughs> Yo, I'll go down my feed. Literally, I'll go down my feed. Just double tap and add my little. I'm sure everybody's seen it. Either my little two star eye emoji yeah. or the little like the little you know the shooting star. Like it doesn't yeah. take more than that because it's gonna make someone happy. Like I don't. I learned from you. <laughs> I learned from you. I'd be dropping little green hearts all over everybody's page. Oh, the green heart, man. Yeah, the green heart's my emoji because, like, to me, I, like, I, I never, women sometimes take it like I'm dropping a heart, like, yo, like I'm giving you a heart or love. Or to mm-hmm. me, like, it just show to me, the green heart emoji represents because everybody I feel like has an emoji. Pick an emoji. <laughs> like, I got three emojis. Like, pick an emoji that kind of represents you, and people will start seeing that and they know it's you. But the green heart, because A, the heart obviously represents love, but green, the color green represents, like, you know, growth. Yeah. Like growth, uh, prosperity, money to some people, nature. Like to me, it just represents so many things. Just like, you know, uh, like a red heart is cool. You love somebody, but a green heart is like the love for it to grow. I love what you're doing. You're growing. Like Green is just my aesthetic. That's my one. <laughs> yeah, green is my aesthetic too. But yeah, man, the, the green heart emoji just because of the, like it's just a growing love for something that you're doing or appreciation. Oh, Rick. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's a green emoji. But yeah, just go down there. Drop the emoji. Drop it because you would want it back, you know? You don't necessarily got to look at everybody's stuff or like it, but like you said, you're going to encourage and they're going to remember that stuff and they're going to show you support back. Right. That was oh. lovely. Oh, I did, wait. Oh, I remember one more thing I would like to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, never get offended by people not supporting you, you back. Because listen to this, right? Because like right now, people got to remember everybody is on a different timeline. Yes. With anything in life. Like, me and you could meet today. Maybe we kicked me and you, like, we hit it off. You told me about the Devin Hour. I told you about the Garden State Hip Hop Hour. And, like, we left the conversation with some kind of understanding. Like, you know, we're going to support each other. We'll like each other's stuff. We'll check it out. And for, like, a month, maybe I'm constantly commenting on your stuff, constantly watching, constantly being supporting. And maybe you're not doing it back. A lot of people will get offended. Like, nah, fuck that person. He told me he was going to do this. I keep supporting him. He's not supporting me back. But we got to remember, like, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what timeline you're on. Maybe because I'm a, the type of person that immediately supports so heavily. Maybe you're not. But mm-hmm. maybe like a month or two down the road from now, it just clicks to you like, oh, shit, this person's been constantly supporting me. And we had this conversation and you'll start doing it back. So, but if you were so quick to be like, nah, fuck that person because they didn't operate on the time frame you wanted them to, you might have burnt a network. Like, for instance, I just interviewed this guy, uh, Demic. He has like 1.2 million followers. Not uh, academic. Had- no, 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 Demic, Demic, D E M I C, not academic. I would interview academic. Academic is. I'm a, I'm a let you do that. <laughs> I'm a. Um, <laughs> I like he. Yeah, we won't go into that, but I do respect what he does in the sense yep. of the media form and how he built his platform. Correct. But um. Oh, so I was saying about Demic, right? So we met at Atlantic Records maybe in March or February. 
And I walked in, I started talking to him, we exchanged numbers. Uh, we talked about one day him being on the show and he was gonna support and start paying attention. And I can show you the DMs. Like, I think I put him on a playlist, but we, from that day forward, we never talked again. But I was still liking stuff, comment stuff, but you know, he never did nothing back towards me. To me, I just forget about it. I don't think about it. I don't hold people to stuff. You not supporting is not gonna stop me from supporting you. Right. But anyway, so he, he hit me up like two or three weeks ago, randomly at the blue. Like, yo, what's up with uh first he hit me up like, yo, what's up with 2020 visual? Mm-hmm. And for anybody who don't know, 2020 visual is my man, Gene, Gene. My, camera, my, my cameraman. So I thought that was odd. Like, I was like, wait, so he's in my DM after months of not talking to me, never supporting like he said he would. Uh, and the first thing he asked me about is my cameraman. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe he just wants to connect with him. But I'm not excited. It's like two in the morning. I screenshot it. I sent it to Gene because that's, that's what excites me. That's what my platform is, is like building people around me. My goal in life is to leave everybody more successful than I am. But um, yeah, so he hit me up. And then all of a sudden, we just started talking. He's like, oh, yeah, let's set up an interview. And then we set up the interview. We went to his house in Newark. Uh, we did the interview there. Super dope guy, super cool dude. As we're talking, he's listening all the stuff I've done. He's named interviews I've done. He named my playlist. So it hit like so secretly, he's been just paying attention, but maybe he didn't have time to double click, or maybe he just was living his life. But I could have potentially burned that network if I was like, oh man, you said all this. Now nah, fuck that. You haven't been, you know what I'm saying? Right. But secretly, so you never know who's actually supporting you or seeing what you're doing without necessarily always physically putting in emoji or commenting. So yeah, big piece of advice. Just because someone's not supporting you, don't stop supporting them back. If they agree to support you, and maybe they're not doing it, but you are, don't even take it personal because you don't actually know their time frame. You don't know the timeline. You don't know what's going on. And you might have burnt an opportunity that would have came down the road, you know? Mm-hmm. So. There you go, Rich. <laughs> that I was hope that perfect. was a good piece of advice, too. That was perfect. <laughs> so now, what's the next step? What is the um, future of Garden State Hip Hop Hour? My first step is to go back to your question, what's been my favorite interview? And I want to say, this has been my favorite interview. Ah! <laughs> I feel like you're saying, this has been really fun, actually. And I've got to ask you some stuff, too. So that's super dope. It, um, that was the whole point of doing this series, because I noticed that like, a lot of people who do interviews, they don't get interviewed. And, and I think it would be lovely to have like them, like have some represent, like some, what am I trying to say? Like have some audio or like have something yeah, of them. Exactly. That people could go back different. to. It's different when you do this stuff as an interviewer because, like, you're so used to asking the questions. Like, I'm, I'm buddy, my, like, I know I went on a spiel where I was asking you a few questions in a row, but I've had to hold back from asking you stuff a whole bunch of times, you know? Oh, but you're not the only one. Like, I did, I had Miss T Talk, <laughs> which was last week by the time this is uploaded. Miss T Talk, I was doing like an interview with her and she was asking me mad questions. And I was like, this is just how it is. Like, interviewers, we're so programmed <laughs> and we're so. We're so used to like, do, like doing the interviews. When we're being interviewed, we're asking that person a question. <laughs> nah, facts, man. It's hard. So what's next? What's next is I've been yeah. focused on my my Twitch platform, which has so been doing to, really well too. No, nah, it's been doing really well, and I think it's a really uh, great platform because if you get to see it, I get to treat it like a TV studio. I use broadcasting software. I'm switching scenes. I'm able to show like music videos. I'm able to show you know inst- the Instagram pages. So. I feel like it's very important because it goes back to me trying to help upcoming artists because it's one thing to do like a radio show or a playlist where you're only hearing the audio. But mm-hmm. now I'm capable of showing them the audio while also giving them a visual of the person. I'm able to show them the Instagram. I'm able to show them where to find them. I'm able to show them music videos. So no longer are you just hearing them, but you're able to see them because sometimes I feel it's different because there's artists where I've just heard them before. I'm like, ah, the music's okay. But then maybe I see them and just something about like their look or their page or their aesthetic, it kind of like, 
uh, meshes the music and everything together and it gives me a new appreciation for the music, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's been a big focus of my thing is again, building the Twitch platform, I, I feel gives a bigger opportunity. Uh, just continuing on, I need to start the playlist back up because like you, we get so caught up in the busy stuff. Uh, just continuing to like, you know, grow the caliber of person I interview because as I grow and I'm able to grab these people, like I just got to interview, to me this was a big deal, but I got to interview Avant. Like to me, Avant is an R&B legend. Yes! Yes, 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 yes! Oh my God, I forgot to ask you about that. Oh my God, you yeah. interviewed Avant, my, my wig flew. And I, I'm trying, like I'm working on getting like Brian McKnight on here, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, so like, but all these, all these interviews came through networking and building those, you know, those op opportunities and, and the more I'm able to grab those interviews, the more like focus I have on me. So when I interview a smaller artist, now they get that focus as well because now my channel is bigger, you know? I'm going to manifest this for you right now. You are going to get the dream on your show. I'm oh manifesting that right now. Who would be right your now. dream interview? <sighs> oh, Mariah Carey. <laughs> you know what? No, not Mariah because I watched the so many of her interviews. I'm pretty sure I just know her. Just I know her like I actually know her. <laughs> but who, for me, the person I would love to interview here you go asking me the questions once again by the way but it would definitely be somebody like in queer culture that has made so many waves so it'll definitely be like Marsha P. Johnson if she was alive rest in peace to that queen RuPaul um, even though me and RuPaul disagree on a lot of things I would <laughs> definitely love to have RuPaul on the podcast you know just, a, just anybody gay and black that's all that is like, yo, I'm working on, I, I manifested this. I started hitting the people up, like, but he's not doing it right now because he's not really doing music as much on well, this star. But Craig David, like, I would <gasps> like to interview Craig David. <laughs> like, he's literally, I don't know, like, I love his music. I've always been a fan of his music. Um, Can I so just be because, a fly on the wall? That's all I'm asking. Uh, so, yeah, but again, it goes back to the networking that I was even able to reach out to the right people and be like, hey, when Craig David does become available or when, you know, if he's dropping a project of music, because I've interviewed these other people working with you, please just at least keep me in thought for that opportunity. But that, what I said, it goes back to what we talked about, the key, advice being, the key piece of advice being networking. Because even being able to get to ask the people who could make that happen doesn't happen without that networking. Yep. yep. But Craig David, the dream would be amazing. But yeah, Craig David to me would be like, I don't know. Craig <laughs> David would make my, my head explode. When I tell you I love Craig, I love British music, number one. But like, I love Craig David. Oh my gosh, that's that. <laughs> there's mm. there's too many people, but Avant to me, Avant was it was in a, like just yeah, Avant was just an amazing. He's movie. been hitting around a lot of my little media friends. I think Miss T talks had him too because he just um, he just dropped he just dropped a new project. Oh, that's that's another key. key yeah, he did just drop an album. Yeah, edible. Uh, it's a key piece of advice too. Pay attention to who's dropping the music because these, like you said, these opportunities go around because when they're dropping a project, like you said, they're doing a media run. You just saw him do a whole bunch of different people. And that's mm -hmm. the time when you just slide right in. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's what's next though. Just again, like growing the caliber of interviews, so I'm able to enjoy the whole platform. But to right now, all my focus has really been just on the Twitch uh, platform and just trying to build that up. Uh, I feel like it's very personal. I feel like I get to connect with people. So uh, that's amazing. And, and it's reinvigorated my love for it, honestly, because it starts to get to a point where it's like, this becomes work. And I kind of reinvigorated the actual love and pure joy for it. Yeah. 
Oh, I can't wait to ride your coattails, Rich. Oh my gosh. <gasps> what you mean? It's you. Look, I'm, I'm on your be, show. I'm trying to I'm grow gonna be you. Such a clout chaser. Nah, when man, you when get I... when you get invited to the Grammys, can I be your date, Rich? <laughs> we're there. We gotta wear nice suits. Well, you can wear whatever you want. I know you're against the suit, so you can wear whatever you want. But I have a nice suit on. But um, yeah, man. But it's but that's a key part of college. Like if we go to that, you know, like it's not about the classroom setting; it's the network you build. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have known you. You wouldn't have known me. We wouldn't have known some of the people we were in school with. And mm-hmm. I'm sure if you talk to anybody, you talk to people that you worked with at Sirius and stuff like that. A lot of them will tell you a lot of opportunities arise from your college network. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. One hundred percent. It seems like everybody who we are who we went to school with is just doing amazing. Like I don't know if you've seen Mary do her thing. Mary's killing. I think she's going to L.A. Franklin has been doing oh, his yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah like, Sal Franklin, Mary, Mary. I saw again. Look, Mary might not have you know I'm paying attention, but right, she got accepted to USC. Yep. Um. Yeah, Franklin. Shout out Franklin. Tasha. Tasha is helping out on Rebel TV now, which yes. is Franklin's uh, brand. Well, him and Mike's. Um. Eli. Eli's building up his Infinite Nudist and building that brand up. Uh. Danny, like you said, he has his fashion uh, mm-hmm. YouTube channel. So yeah, like again, like a lot of things you pay attention to. A lot of people might not know I'm even paying attention or that you're paying attention. But it's important, right. I feel like, because everyone's doing really dope stuff and we could all like, kind of grow together. Yeah, that's amazing. I and mean, I can't wait. I can't wait to see all of us in 10 years. Hopefully we're all getting paid and booked by this. We're manifesting nah. that right now. You getting paid already, don't front. <laughs> oh, low key. <laughs> the, the check cleared. It cleared. That's true. No, Yo, you got you to gotta hang up that check. <laughs> I just I should, right? I mean, you gotta hang up that. Sh- you just hang. I mean, cash it, but like, like you gotta frame it and hang it up. Yeah, I do. And it's just an important a, milestone. I'm going to literally just create a shrine for Tracy G. Like she, <laughs> she saved me. I got ten dollars in my cash app that I will never remove because it was like the first ten dollars I got someone that paid me for something like to do something with uh, like media or music. Yeah, I'm about to start charging people for promos too. That's what I'm, that's the fuck I'm about to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny as hell. Get that the money. Show don't, the show don't pay itself, okay? Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Tune in next week with the lovely and most anticipated interview of my whole entire life. <laughs> Tracy G will be on the Devon Hour. Who could have guessed? Who made that happen? I did. <laughs> so make it happen for me. Put her on my show too. What's up? You know what? I will I will honestly I can really see Tracy G going on your show. As a matter of fact. If you think about it, a lot of interviews I have right now wouldn't happen without your help because Marco's helped me get so many and Marco came from you. So you can make this happen too. Run me my check. That's all I'm saying. I can't wait to write these coattails. I'm, te- <laughs> I'm behind a lot of people's shit, to be honest with you. Low key. I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it up. Keep that confidence up all summer. Period. Nah, but for real, you got to have that confidence because you wouldn't be here if you didn't. Oh, thank you, Rich. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything. Thank you for coming on. And didn't we end the show like five minutes ago? We did.